You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com Welcome back to the program, friends. Welcome back, one and all, to Corbett Report Radio. Once again, I am your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you, as always, from the sunny climes of western Japan. And it is currently the 15th of November, 2012, for me, the 14th back stateside. Welcome to the program. We have a jam-packed transmission for you tonight. We're going to be going over news, we're going to be having wide-open phone lines, and we're even going to be playing a little bit of music from our old friend Joshua H. Owens, who you might remember was on this program just a week or two ago, uh, promoting some of his work, and we're going to have his brand-new Hot Off the Press song for you tonight. So you can look forward to that, but uh, we're going to go through a load of information tonight, a data dump of news from around the world, including uh, more on this Petraeus scandal. Uh, It's absolutely extremely important. It's a very, very important story, and I am absolutely just trying to keep up with all of the information that's coming out. So we have a big load of information on that coming up tonight. We have a uh, an editorial by Philip Ristino Jr. Uh, coming up about uh, Veterans Day. We have uh, some news about voting that uh, that is eyebrow-raising at the very least, and we have uh, some basically police state kind of uh, cyberspace news. But before we get into all of that, I would just like to open tonight's program on a note that we were talking about last night, and uh, my uh, friends there in the Netherlands, and uh, there's a lot of them out there, and one of them at least got in touch with me via the contact form on CorbettReport.com to suggest some ideas, some links for things that people can look at uh, in, in regards to what's happening in the Netherlands and, and some of the uh, the media work that's coming out of there. So I got an uh, email from Conan there in, in the Netherlands who writes about... Uh, uh, he sends a link to... And he says, this link below is a documentary from the Dutch VPRO, which I gather is a, basically the Dutch BBC or something somewhat equivalent. It's called Tegenlicht, or Backlight in English, uh, about the problem-solving countries in the EU and innovations in care for the elderly, education, and green energy. It's in Dutch, but most is English dialogue, and you can find the documentaries on YouTube, but the newest is just out on Dutch public TV. Uh, probably the only interesting program on the infernal box of horrors. So I'm going to include that link in the show notes for tonight's episode at CorbettReport.com with the proviso that I haven't watched it yet. I'm on Firefox and I don't have my Silverlight uh, add-on working properly in Firefox right now, so I can't watch that. I'm going to have to reboot, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I'm looking forward to watching that and I hope that uh, that other people will check that out as well. Once again, uh, I can't really attest to what it's about or what's uh, what's going on because the page is completely in Dutch. And despite having had a Dutch girlfriend many, many years ago, I don't speak... Well, I do speak a one or two words of Dutch, but nothing that's repeatable on a family broadcast like this. So I will leave that up to you out there to go and, uh, and to check into for yourselves. But as I say tonight, we're going to have a lot of information coming down the line, especially some of the uh, the breaking news, just trying to keep pace with what's happening with the Petraeus scandal and the implications of this scandal, which continues to grow and fester right there in the heart of the new Obama administration. And I think there's a lot of information coming out suggesting that there there is a very big shakeup coming right now. 
and that uh, th- this is being coordinated, and the, the big question is who it's being coordinated by and f- to what end. So we'll start to explore that issue. Also, as I say, we'll have wide-open phone lines on the program tonight. If you would like to get in on the program with any of your thoughts, any news, any information that you want to bring to the table, the phone lines will be wide open, 1-800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443. On that note, we're going to take our first short break, but when we come back, we'll go straight into the Petraea scandal with all the news and information on that front. So stay tuned to that dial. We'll be right back after these messages. The Corbett Report is brought to you by you. Your support makes the Corbett Report possible. Sign up for the subscriber newsletter or purchase a DVD at corbettreport.com slash support. Sick of this damn noise, the paranoid android poised at the edge of the precipice. Sanity is gradually becoming my nemesis, like Glenn Beck was my therapist. All right, friends, welcome back to the broadcast. Welcome back. We are here on Corbett Report Radio tonight going over news headlines, and the phone lines are open if you want to get in. 1 800 313 9443. Tonight we're going to start off with some updates to the Petraeus affair. Uh, again, this is just a huge story that continues to unravel in some interesting ways and some qu- quite frightening ways when you start to put some of these pieces together. So we're going to keep our eye on this and uh, and follow some more of these links because, again, this is just a fascinating uh, affair. And uh, I guess the first thing that I want to point to is a disturbing Reuters article uh, that's, again, attempting to deflect some of the, I think, real meaning and importance of this scandal into just another left-right partisan politics game type of thing. And I think there's much more at stake here, which we'll get into shortly. But first, this Reuters article, Clinton Lewinsky Spinners Resurface in U.S. General Scandal. And the long and short of this article, once you actually drill down several paragraphs in, it starts to get into the fact that apparently some of the uh, lawyers and legal representatives and uh, etc. that are embroiled in this and are getting affiliated with uh, people like, uh, what's her name, Jennifer Allen, Jill, sorry, Jill Kelly, uh, one of the uh, the people involved in this affair, uh, apparently are some of the same people, some of the same lawyers that were involved in the Star affair back un- under Clinton and M- Monica Lewinsky and all of that. So now they're trying to spin it as, oh, this just looks like more of this, you know, left-right uh, political wrangling games that we saw played under Clinton and... Is this just going to be another one of those scandals? And it, it starts to quote people from from both sides of the aisle saying they don't want a protracted uh, big public extravaganza made out of this affair, as if that's what it's all about. So once again, I mean, we've seen it coming from John Stewart at The Daily Show and Reuters and many other uh, sites besides are trying to put out this idea that this scandal is really, again, it's just a sex scandal. They're just trying to blow it out of the water to score some political points and... And uh, this really isn't of any significance. Go back to sleep, America. Your government has everything under control. Go back to sleep. Of course, this is very much not the case and demonstrably so. So let's start demonstrating some of the very worrying things that are going on underneath the surface of this Petraeus scandal. 
And uh, it's a lot of the uh, the things that are going on s- seemingly simultaneously that start to paint a very ominous picture indeed. So, for example, we have uh, the, some links that were provided by a listener. First of all, there's a, uh, a user on 911blogger.com that goes by the name of Joe that often submits some of my stuff to 911blogger. So thank you, Joe, for doing that. He submitted Operation Betrayus, the uh, uh, Corbett Report radio that we had the other night, episode 256, for those of you keeping track at home. He put that up on 911blogger and... Uh, in the comments, we had the comment, well, first of all, we had a comment from Peter O'Rourke who says that, uh, uh, this has all the earmarks of an old Soviet power shift or the Night of the Long Knives, take your pick. And I think he's, he's right on that count. And then he says something is really wrong when you have to get your news from an expat Canadian in a flannel shirt. Nothing personal, James. I'm sure you'll agree. Well, in fact, yes, I do agree. That is the saddest indictment of this entire situation that I can possibly think of, that someone like myself sitting here in Japan is the person sitting here doing this. But at any rate, uh, let's get into the other comment that was left by Orangutan, uh, the user there who had this comment that has a lot of links to some of what uh, what Peter O'Rourke is talking about there. They hit the power shift, the Night of the Long Knives. And it goes pretty deep. Uh, I saw this one come up at the beginning of this Petraeus affair. I didn't note it at the time. I still don't know what to make of it because I don't know how this person plays into all of this or any of this or whether this is truly coincidental. But we have this coming from uh, WSJ, the Wall Street Journal blogs. Lockheed Martin, home of today's second ethics-driven resignation. Second ethics-driven resignation, I should say. So this is about Christopher E. Kubasik, the vice chairman of Lockheed Martin, who was due to become the CEO. And apparently just before he could do so, he has had to resign because of a close personal relationship with a subordinate employee. And if that sounds very familiar uh, in this age of the Petraeus affair, of course, that was revealed on pretty much the same day as the Petraeus scandal broke. So very coincident timing at any rate, and it does relate back into the heart of the military-industrial complex beast that is Lockheed Martin and all of its associated uh, brother and sister corporations that are there with the Pentagon brothers in arms. So an interesting part of this, but again, I don't know how that particular piece of the puzzle fits into place. But let's start taking a look at some of the other big heads that are rolling and pieces that are play- changing on this chessboard when it comes to the, the U.S. military situation right now. And we'll start with this one from ABC News. Navy replaces Admiral leading Mideast strike group because of ongoing investigation. And it says, in an unusual move, the Navy has replaced an admiral commanding an aircraft carrier strike group while it is deployed to the Middle East. The replacement was prompted by an inspector general's investigation of allegations of inappropriate leadership judgment. Rear Admiral Charles M. Gowett, the commander of the USS John C. Stennis strike group, is being returned to the United States for temporary reassignment. In a statement, the Navy said it had approved a request made by Vice Admiral John W. Miller, the commander of U.S. Naval Forces Central Command, to temporarily reassign Gowett pending the results of an investigation by the Navy Inspector General. Uh, Again, this goes back apparently to some allegations of inappropriate leadership judgment, whatever that means. And this is, I think, I hope people picked up on just how unusual a move this really is. Uh, The commander of an aircraft carrier strike group 
being taken off the job while that strike group is deployed in the Middle East, right there on the nice edge of tension with Iran. And uh, once again, things trying to, to ratchet up on that front with the, rele- the release of the information after the election. Ooh, the American forces uh, are reeling from an attack on an in- innocent defenseless drone that those dastardly Iranians committed. Uh, we were just innocently flying our perfectly wonderful drone over some of uh, over the Gulf, and those Iranians tried to fire on it. So they're trying to ramp that up again, and of course we know that the, those aircraft carrier strike groups are not just sitting there in the Middle East uh, whistling Dixie. Uh, they are there for the the eventuality, the possibility of uh, some sort of conflict in the, in that arena, in that area. And uh, here we have one of the commanders of one of those strike groups being literally taken off the job right while he's right there just a very interesting piece of that puzzle again that was coming from a couple of weeks ago and uh even uh, and around the same time we have uh the changing of the guard for pentagon's africa command coming from cnn and this is talking about uh obama is going to have to appoint a new leader for africom so it he's uh replacing general carter ham uh, with General David Rodriguez. So we have a changing of the guard happening at the very top of AFRICOM, and that in and, in and of itself is interesting. It goes on at the end of this article to state AFRICOM's old line, yes, we've only got our, our base, uh, one operational base in Stuttgart, Germany, and that's all we want. We don't want a base in, in Africa, honest. And everything that's going on there, Egypt, Libya, uh, Uganda, and, and all of this stuff that, that's going on there, we don't really want that foot in the door. Right, right, sure. So so that is an interesting uh, story in and of itself, but it also relates back to another interesting scandal that's going on related to someone who was formerly the, or originally the, the head of AFRICOM, this General William Kip Ward, who is going to be retiring, but is going to be retiring with one less star because he is being reprimanded by Defense Secretary Panetta in an unusual move again, where Panetta has been advised, apparently, or the uh, the Joint Chiefs are uh, against this demotion, but Panetta is going ahead with it anyway, stripping him of a star, so he'll be retiring as a uh, as a three star uh, general instead of a four star, and he's going to be uh, docked eighty two thousand dollars from his pay uh, because of basically he had uh, some unauthorized expenses, etc., on his uh, paycheck again. In any normal situation, maybe that wouldn't be a big deal, but given the all of the other data points that are falling into place here, it looks like there is a concerted effort to really uh, to gut some of the, the top brass in the military at this precise moment. Just in the last few weeks, we have people stepping down, we have people resigning, we have uh, people having stars stripped from them, we have... Uh, we have uh, people co- caught in investigations and being taken off of the head of uh, strike force carriers in the Middle East. We have, and of course, we have uh, Petraeus himself, who was best known for his military service, but uh, and is very much embroiled in this Libya affair. So, what does this all mean? Well, I guess there are there are really two two possible meanings for this. Just thinking about this logically, I mean, either this is if 
assuming if this is some sort of coordinated event that's going on, either it is something that's happening internally against Obama and and trying to derail the Obama administration and the presidency and what he's doing in the Middle East and trying to get new people into those positions so that they can start a renewed push for, for example, war against Iran or whatever policy Obama might be holding back against. Or the, the other side of that coin is this could be coming from the Obama camp. And Obama might be trying to get clear the decks of, uh, of anyone in the brass that he thinks isn't on his side so that he can more a- a- adequately control what's going on. And I think it's too early to say at this point who is doing this or what I- exactly is behind this. I think we have to see how this plays out in the coming days and who starts to to fill some of these uh, vacancies, etc. One other story on these lines that I want to point people to, Obama warns McCain, go after UN Ambassador Rice you have a problem with me. And this is going back to uh, UN Ambassador Rice, who is getting uh, basically uh, beaten up by uh, the senators who are railing on her for having gone on the Sunday morning talk show circuit uh, promoting the Benghazi uh, hoax, basically, that that was all due to that Innocence of Muslim video. And uh, Obama saying, hey, don't we? she got her information from me, so you got to take it up with me. So there's definitely a politicization of Benghazi going on right now. And that, as we know, is very much at the heart of this Petraeus affair. So a lot more to talk about. We'll be right back with your calls after these messages. One day in Manhattan Okay, friends, we're back. Once again, this is Corbett Report Radio. Tonight we're going over some news. The phone lines are also open if you have a news story or any information that you'd like to bring to the table. 1-800-313-9443. And on that note, we have our first caller in. We have Josh from Michigan. So let's go to your calls. Josh, thank you for joining us tonight. Hi, James. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, You know, the political theater is getting really ridiculous when you see, you know, a guy like General Petraeus who you know, was hailed as the white knight of the GOP during the surge. Oh, a mere, what, four years ago, five years ago now? Who's now, you know, on the, on their firing post. So I appreciate the irony in that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And uh, I have a, just a quick couple of comments uh, on something, you know, that delves a little bit into the into the strange, and it has to deal with predictive programming. Uh, I mean, I'm, as I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, these James Bond movies are one of the favorites of Hollywood elites, you know, kind of shoehorn their message in and, uh, you know, let us know it's up, especially with, you know, movies like Diamonds Are Forever being directly funded by De Beers and things like this. But um, this new James Bond movie actually had the displeasure of seeing it this past weekend. And it's very interesting because... Um, if I'm not mistaken, one of the one of the caveats of of the original Benghazi case breaking was that a number of agents had been compromised based on documents that were stolen from the compound. And um, you know, the entire plot of this movie is about the fall from grace of the the head of MI6 based on a security breach of the exact same parameters, and uh, the entire, but with the exception and. We, you know, also shoehorning in a message of, of cyber terrorism and all this other stuff. But, but her fall from grace is very similar to what we're seeing now. And uh, I don't know if it's really broken on national news yet, but here in Michigan we have a congressman by the name of Mike Rogers, who's the head of, uh, he used to be the head of the Chicago FBI field office. He's the guy who drafted the CISPA piece of legislation. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's on, uh, from what we're hearing, is on the short list to potentially replace Petraeus. 
it's just very interesting that they managed to shoehorn in the fall from grace of the director of MI6 and the cybersecurity message into this one particular piece of cultural programming and, absolutely and now we're yeah. it's funny how that works and especially around the james bond franchise and uh i know ian fleming was in naval intelligence and i think some people have intimated he was in mi5 as well but at any rate yeah the uh the, the bond novels have, have been programming since day one and uh i haven't had the misfortune of seeing the new movie myself so i'm glad to say i i don't know what you're talking about but i suppose it will be a co- incumbent on me to actually check that out but uh a very interesting piece of the puzzle there josh yeah, it's something I haven't heard a lot of people talk about as of yet, and, you know, rightly so, because I, I don't recommend that anyone go and give <laughs> yeah. your money to these people. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, no, I just want to make sure that was on your radar. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Any, anything else you'd like to bring up tonight? Oh, not really. Just uh, kind of wanted to bring that up. You're, okay. Keep doing, uh, keep doing what you're doing, James. Well, thank you for that. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate the little tips and hints about predictive programming out there because even myself, I still learn new parts of that all the time. And in fact, I just did a uh, eye-opener report on uh, PsyOps 101 technology of psychological warfare where I was uh, doing some research into Minority Report, which I've talked about before on the podcast as being one of those predictive programming uh, movies that are referenced over and over and over and over again in the news. And I hope people have noticed this and picked up on it, I, I thought I was going crazy at a certain point because I just kept seeing uh, news articles referring back to Minority Report and some of the technologies that were featured in that movie. And uh, doing a little bit more digging into it, I, I didn't know about this, but apparently Spielberg had held a three-day think tank at a hotel in uh, in, in California uh, in the pre-production for the movie back in 1999 that brought together uh, experts from arch- architecture and uh, socio, uh, socio sociology and uh, political science and technology. And they all got together for this three-day think tank, and they ended up writing an 80-page treatise on what the world would look like 50 years from now. They called it the 2054 Bible, and uh, that's where they developed all of these uh, the ideas of, for example, the, the, the types of panels that, that he was uh, working on uh, for the interfaces, etc., and the, the spider drone things that uh, that, that uh, creep after him, and uh, the, uh, the, the billboard technology that scans your face and knows who you are, etc., etc. All of this is in that 2054 Bible, which they've said that they should try to publish at some point, because uh, it's so interesting. And uh, lo and behold, just a few short years after that movie appeared, all of those technologies started popping up. I'm sure they were just uh, randomly invented just after the movie came along, but uh, now we have that voice to scroll and all of that. So so absolutely, I do appreciate the uh, predictive programming uh, information. Thank you. Although, on that same topic, sorry, right before uh, I get off the phone here, um, it's interesting you bring up Minority Report, because I'm sure living, you know, in the heart, in the heart of the empire, as I do, uh, you don't get to see some of the fun commercials that that are put on TV. And IBM earlier this year literally ran uh, um, a a series of ads for the for for American police forces all about pre crime and how these new computers in police cars developed by IBM would stop crime literally before it happens. And they ran exactly a huge right. series of advertisements. But exactly right. Stuff. Yeah, and I talked about that in the in the eye-opener as well. It's called Blue Crush, and it's a system that they've already uh, implemented in Memphis, Tennessee, and it's uh, basically predictive uh, analysis of criminal hotspots, etc. So, yes, IBM, the, uh, the p- same people who helped mechanize the Holocaust, are bringing you Blue Crush and all of this other 
just wonderful technology. And this is the smart grid that's being developed and woven around us into the fabric of our reality. All right, Josh, we're going to have to leave it there. We're coming up against the break, but I do appreciate your input. Thank you for the call. And on that note, we're going to leave that there. We'll be back after these messages with more Corporate Report Radio right after this. It's just another lie It's the same old same As another year goes by We're in trouble if we don't See what's going on There's a lot of you out there That don't seem to care at all But you might change your mind If you saw what was to come You're living in a dream Until reality has won And just because you think You choose the ones who leave It doesn't make a difference doesn't mean a thing Sometimes it's like the walking dead When you go outside No one understands Sometimes no one seems alive Wake up from your trance From the back you didn't live Sometimes it feels just like the walking dead Sometimes it feels just like a walking dead. 
Sometimes it feels just like the walking dead. Sometimes it's like we're in the walking dead. All right, friends, welcome back. Once again, this is Corbett Report Radio, and that is the brand new song from our old friend Joshua H. Owens, a.k.a. Jack Jeremiah Johnson on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jack Jeremiah Johnson. He's also at joshuahowens.bandcamp.com. But if you didn't catch that, don't worry. It's going to be in the show notes for tonight's episode at CorbettReport.com, including the link to that song and the YouTube video so that you can go watch it for yourself and download it from his uh, Bandcamp site. Once again, uh, Joshua Owens doing some great work there and uh, I think a, a ultimately positive message talking about the... Well, the zombification of so much of the people around us that I'm sure a lot of us out there can relate to, but it is not something that we have to hold against people. It's something that we can use to motivate ourselves to hopefully spread this message and spread the truth to others. And that's why I'm here doing what I'm doing, and I imagine it's why you're listening to me. So, once again, I hope that uh, that will strike a chord with some people out there who might not otherwise come to this information, because, once again, music is a good way to get past people's defenses. At any rate, let's continue breaking down some of the news and headlines. Uh, we have this in from uh, Philip C. Restino Jr. of uh, Florida Veterans for Peace, and he wrote an article in the West Volusia Beacon Online, beacononlinenews.com, back uh, on November 12th for Veterans Day in memoriam of Jimmy Cap, who was also a Veterans for Peace activist and a Vietnam War veteran. And this article goes into some detail about who Jimmy was and what he was, uh, what he was uh, campaigning for, really, and what Veterans for Peace is all about. So I hope people who aren't familiar with the organization will check that out. It's called Remembering a Dealand Veteran Who Worked for Peace. So I will once again, of course, include the link to that and all of the articles that we cite in tonight's episode in the links for the show notes at uh, CorbettReport.com. Let's turn to another story that I think is interesting, bizarre, frightening, maybe even positive in a way. Not really, but there's a way that we can look at this in a positive light, I suppose. Uh, this goes back to the, uh, the, of course, the two, two ring circus election farce that we just witnessed, uh, just a week or two ago and which we've spent a lot of time on this pro- bro- uh, broadcast deriding and ignoring to the extent possible and uh and of course it's my take that i think that the voting system is not in any way shape or form any way that's designed to be an actual solution to the types of problems we're facing it is just a little outlet valve that uh, the uh, the powers that shouldn't be allow the people to have and it doesn't do anything it doesn't affect anything it doesn't change the course of the country but it makes people feel better about being enslaved to a government that they have no say in and that continues to do whatever it wants however it wants whenever it wants in whatever way it likes so uh so i am of course of course have completely fallen off that political treadmill and uh and do not see the value in that voting system anymore but interestingly enough we have this story coming up from arizona Arizona woman runs down husband with car for not voting, according to police. And it goes on to say that an Arizona woman in despair at the re-election of Democratic President Barack Obama ran down her husband with the family car in suburban Phoenix on Saturday because he failed to vote in the election, police said on Monday. So it goes into some detail about this 
highly dysfunctional family and the fact that this woman, this pregnant woman, ran down her husband with her car, uh, apparently because he didn't vote. And uh, I imagine this is probably not a not voting on principle type of thing or just some sort of principled stand of of uh, voluntarism. I imagine this is probably someone who just doesn't care enough to do it. But uh, at any rate, it is interesting to see the way people go absolutely insane when you actually posit the idea that, uh, no, I'm not going to vote because voting doesn't matter. And uh, people apparently seem to get so incredibly tied up emotionally with what's going on in these elections that it really does drive some people insane. And I can see why it does, because of the incessant, nonstop, 24-7 focus and coverage on who's going to be the anointed leader. And apparently this is someone who thought, that uh, the idea of Obama over Romney was just so horrible that uh, she had to run her husband over with a car, um, which just boggles my mind to think that anyone thought that Romney was going to be that much different. But there you go. There are still people who are very, very much safely ensconced in that matrix reality, which uh, unfortunately a lot of people believe in. Well, let's move on to another raft of subjects, uh, some, again, disturbing news, but on a different note entirely, we're talking about the cyberspace war type news, and uh, we're talking specifically about some some unfortunate news about crackdowns and uh, surveillance and other such issues, and we'll start here at home for me in Japan, where recently, as people may or may not know, there's been a new law passed in Japan as of October 1st that makes knowingly downloading copyrighted music or video illegal. So uh, people can now theoretically be arrested, put in prison for up to two years, and fined two million yen, which sounds like a lot more than it really is, but still, it's a significant amount of money, $25,000, $30,000, somewhere in that range, for the, uh, the heinous sin of knowingly downloading a copyrighted song or what have you. So that's been in effect since October 1st, but we have this from japantoday.com from last week. A month after download law, consumers spending less on music, according to a survey. So this goes on to talk about a survey that's been given that shows that uh, since this law went into effect, the people who are responding to this survey, survey by indicating that they are spending zero yen a month on average for music uh, it has actually increased, and it's the highest figure in almost 10 years now. So as opposed to the theory of this type of law, which is we'll crack down on the people who are downloading these uh, illegal songs, this copyrighted music, and that will make them go out and buy the CDs. Well, in exact opposite uh, relation, this survey seems to be indicating that, uh, that no, actually, you make it illegal for people to, to look at the songs and listen to them in the way they want, and they will actually stop buying the songs. So, again, that goes to show, I think, what something, a fundamental underlying point that people have been making about this, this whole intellectual property brouhaha is that again and again and again and again the big labels and the big uh, Hollywood production companies are missing the point entirely people still will pay for things that they want to see and want to hear and want to support but they want it in the way that they want it and if if uh, the big music labels are going to make it impossible for people to to listen to things on, uh, just through the internet then people are going to find different ways of doing that and uh, and when they cut cut off those alley alleyways and byways People are going to stop buying CDs altogether. So it uh, just goes to show. But I, I should put in a, a cautionary note on this story because 
It is talking about monthly averages, and there's only been one full month that has elapsed since this law went into effect. So take from this data what you will. Probably not that much. We'll have to see actual sales data before we can draw too much from that. But still an interesting trend to keep our eye on in this whole debate. Let's move on to another disturbing story, this one out of Amsterdam, uh, speaking of the Netherlands. Skype hands 16-year-olds personal information to IT company goes on to say, Skype illegally distributed a user's personal information to a private company during a police investigation into anonymous sanctioned cyber attacks on PayPal. Skype handed over the personal information of a 16-year-old to an IT firm, which later informed Dutch authorities. The police file for Operation Talang, which has been seen by NU.NL, which is the author of this report, focused on two persons. They are alleged to have played a role in attacks on websites belonging to MasterCard, Visa, and PayPal by hacker collective Anonymous. They dubbed the attacks Operation Payback. Ha ha ha. Payback, PayPal. Well, there you go. This is a disturbing story, and I hope people understand this, that Skype is now willingly cooperating and proactively giving users information to police uh, just on the basis of them saying that these people are involved in an investigation. So it wasn't subpoenaed. They didn't have to pry it out of the hands of this IT firm. This firm willingly and happily gave it over to the Dutch authorities. Authorities. Oh, I love that word. And why is this? Why is Skype suddenly so interested in giving up user information and cooperating with the so-called would-be authorities? Well, of course, we remember just a couple years ago, it was bought out by Microsoft, $8.3 billion, an incredible amount of money to be spending for a company like Skype, which certainly is not that much of a revenue generator, not that much of a revenue generator anyway. And we'll remember that traces back to stories about how the uh, the NSA was looking to hire firms to try to find a way to crack the Skype VoIP uh, encoding and to make VoIP calls listenable, crackable, wiretappable. And along comes Microsoft, and they change the underlying infrastructure of the Skype network to explicitly make it possible for NSA and whoever else to get their their paw in the back door there and to listen in on these VoIP uh, calls and Skype chats. And now Skype uh, willingly, happily giving a 16-year-old boy's information to uh, to the police just on the basis of them suspecting him of being involved in this uh, investigation without even necessarily needing a warrant to do so. That is a disturbing trend. Another disturbing trend is coming out of Russia. And it's being covered by RT. Uh, hats off to RT. People call them just shills for the government, but they will cover stories that go against the Russian uh, authorities from time to time as well. Bloggers fear Russian crackdown on illegal web content causes stir. And this talks about a, um, well, a, a, a ripple in the blogosphere there in Russia that's taking place about a new policy, a new law that's come in to compel ISPs to cut off unwelcome websites uh, at the government's request. And the government basically has started to compile a list, which, surprise, surprise, is com- they're keeping secret and uh, keeping under wraps. But this list apparently includes um, porn resources, file-sharing communities, websites dedicated to drugs or containing related information, websites dedicated to tourist activities, pedophilia, etc., 
And on this list are however many websites, over 180 websites um, have already been shut down because of this. And I'm sure more are in the in the sites of the Russian government. And this is another one of those types of lists like the one that had been proposed for the Australian clean feed proposal, where no one exactly knows what websites are on the list or why they're on the list or how people can appeal if their website ends up on this list. And it's just one of those things that's happening behind closed doors. Unfortunately, unlike the clean feed in Australia, which has actually uh, been officially scuppered and taken off the table in the form that it was being proposed at any rate, um, uh, this list is going ahead and they are actually starting to shut down websites based on it. So once again, this completely opaque process is deciding what websites people can and cannot see in Russia and probably no surprise there that uh, Russian government is cracking down on blogs, etc. And who knows exactly how that will play out, but I'm sure it will not be for the benefit of the Russian people. So we'll keep our eye on that story. Once again, hats off to RT for covering that. And uh, again, just some interesting things that are happening out there in cyberspace as it continues to come true time and time again that we are getting so much varied information from so many different sources instantaneously that one cannot uh, imagine but help but imagine how much the powers that shouldn't be are shaking in their boots at the idea of this information getting out of their hands and out of their control and independent grassroots media rising up to take the place of the state-controlled and corporate-controlled and in-bed-with-government media that has so long dominated what people see and hear. And for all the people out there that roll their eyes at that type of language, well, you are absolutely as free as anyone else to start your own platform if you think that myself or anyone else out there is not doing a good enough job of covering the news from an independent perspective. The great thing is you can start your own blog. You can do it yourself. And I always encourage people to do so. That is one of the main messages of the Corbett Report is that I am nothing special. What I do is nothing special, but you can do it too. So I hope someone out there who's listening right now will take up that gauntlet, will take up the challenge, and will go out there and create a better website than the Corbett Report. And I don't say that facetiously. I truly mean that a rising tide raises all ships and i truly hope that there will be more and more people who are doing that out there on that note let's take another short break we'll be back after this it starts with you and me it starts with you and me all right friends welcome back once again this is the final moments of corbett report radio and i'm your host james corbett of corbettreport.com broadcasting to you tonight from the sunny climes of western japan and we've been going over some news uh, we've covered a lot of articles tonight once again all the links to all of those articles will be in the show notes at corbettreport.com when this goes up in the archives there in the next few hours but on that note we have uh, one final caller waiting on the lines we have jerry in chicago jerry thanks for joining us from the windy city tonight ah, how you doing james i was catching your show earlier and i you know, you had a song come on before this last break that was talking about, you know, you feel like you're among the walking dead. And, uh, you know, I got brothers and sisters, and I've been just trying to get them to open their eyes and everything. But the, the question I had for you was, what do you think they have done to us besides the media, besides the fluoride in the water, besides the vaccinations, besides the prescription drugs that they suggest and everything else like that? Um and, and, you know, the genetically modified food that we eat, uh, what is getting us 
away from the. I mean, I just woke up about two, three years ago, and and I talked to friends of mine, and and uh, it's it's like you know they have no clue of this is going on. I mean, what do you think is the symptom for all of this? What what, what can you tell people to better themselves and wake up and maybe we'll look in the mirror and slap themselves in the face or something? Right. Well, that's that's the uh, that's the million dollar question. And if, if I had an easy answer to that, I'd be doing it right now. Um, I think honestly, it's extremely difficult to uh, to find that magic key that will wake someone up. And I think for every person, it's different, which is why there is no one-size-fits-all message. But you're right. It is a number of different factors that are attacking people all the time. And to that list of things that you uh, that you said, I would add the economy itself and the way it's been engineered to, uh, to basically um, make sure that there's a smaller and smaller piece of the pie and uh, and everyone's scrambling for it and unfortunately we've lost any sense of community or banding together as a people and uh, unfortunately we're very much pitted at each other's throats and they try to give us the uh, the release valve of politics to basically continue to keep us at each other's throats by dividing us into blue and red and uh, and basically pitting people against each other so it's a system that's designed to keep people basically at each other's throats pitted against each other and not cooperating, and I think that's part of uh, that has really sunk deep into the psyche of so many people that uh, they they don't understand right now how uh, how to get out of that, and uh, that is the big question. Well, I think the way to get out of it is is money is the root of all evil. You know, don't don't keep up with the Joneses or anything else like that. Whatever you need to survive, that's good enough. I mean, I, I, I'm not in debt or anything else like that. I don't owe anybody any money, uh, and that's good to put your head down at night because I don't work steady. I mean, I'm a, a, a union electrician up here in Chicago, and the last, last four years have been a living hell as far as work-related uh, goes, you know? so Absolutely. It, it, well, my- you're right, money... Let okay. me just let me just say my hats off to you for for doing that and uh, and maintaining your your head above water and not getting into debt because that is absolutely the most important thing that anyone can do economically right now in this economic environment. Just uh, try to get out of debt and uh, don't live beyond your means. And I'm not against wealth and if wealthy if wealthy people are out there, great. But uh, but I don't think we should be striving for that as the ultimate goal of everything that we're doing. Okay, on that note, Jerry, we're fresh out of time. We're gonna have to leave it there. I just want to remind everyone. I'm going to be in Malaysia next week for the 9-11 conference and the Palestine War Crimes conference that's taking place there. So I will not be here on the broadcast and I am going to be taking tomorrow and Friday night off as well because I'm just uh, swamped with work getting ready for this presentation. So uh, there will be rebroadcasts. There will be no new interviews or videos coming out on CorporateReport.com until the end of the month. So, uh, well, I guess you'll just have to make do without me for the next week or so. And uh, But I will be back and uh, refreshed and with tons of new information and videos and interviews and things to share with you. So until then, thank you all for listening and take care.